0: welcome to the philosophy of fighting podcast with your hosts arturo and
1: anu all
0: right so we're making it up to episode 25 and today we're gonna talk about our top three favorite mma fights of all time i'm pretty excited for this how about you
1: Yeah, it was very difficult choosing the top three, but I think uh, it was fun to think about all the favorite fights. So this was like a fun homework before this podcast. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, it definitely was fun rewatching some of these fights. Um, And we're going to have a special guest, former Submission of the Year winner in 2009, Toby Amada is going to join us and weigh in on this as well. So it'd be cool to see what his picks are as well.
1: And that submission was over Jorge Masvidal. And I think that was the last time Masvidal's been submitted and potentially the only time he's been submitted.
0: Yeah, I think uh, I would make the case. And this is not just because, you know, i buddies with Toby, but <laughs> I would make the case that that is the best come from behind submission of all time.
1: Yeah, I'm with you based on what you told me. And we'll just wait till he comes on so we could discuss that part further.
0: Yeah. Hey, what's up, Toby? Good, Arturo. What's good, man? How you been? I'm doing all right.
2: Uh teaching jiu-jitsu.
0: Nice, man. It's been a it's been a while. It's good to see you, man. Yeah, likewise. How you been? Good, good, good.
1: Anoop. Yeah, Toby, thank you for coming on board. It's nice to meet you. I've heard some stories. Yeah, thank you for joining us.
2: Yeah, uh, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> My pleasure.
0: So we were gonna I- talk about um these top MMA fights and stuff, but I kind of wanted to just kind of catch up with you a little bit, actually, because I'll just talk about how, kind of how, like, I met you, right? So I met you at Victory MMA years ago, I don't know, a decade or so ago. And what's crazy about this, and I don't even know if you're aware of this scenario, but uh, I had trained with you a few times, uh, you, like, steamrolled me, and I remember thinking, I'm like, gosh, man, the top guys are so freaking good, but what's crazy is you took time after class to show me how you caught me in a reverse or inverted triangle. And you're like, that was kind of your deal. And then lo and behold, like a year later, you win submission of the year with that. And I just thought that was like, oh, like people may not even realize like that was like your thing.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I don't think I really realized it was my thing or how much of my thing it actually was um actually I, I forgot all about teaching talking to you about it <laughs> <So>.
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah you showed me some setups from turtle and stuff and all these things i'm like i never even thought about that yeah it was pretty wild and then just to see you do it uh yeah it was just an awesome awesome moment yeah
2: cool <laughs> <Over> yeah. <laughs> i guess it would have been cool to see it from your perspective
0: <laughs> yeah yeah
1: yeah we were from the perspective of fans and sometimes you see subs like this is before I trained or anything like, and sometimes I wonder like, oh, is it like you just saw it and it happened? Is there a difference between quickly getting a sub that you just see or training a sub and seeing it all the time and then hitting it? And when I found out you trained that move all the time and then you hit that to me, it just kind of elevated it and was like, oh wow, that is one of the best things I've ever seen in the sport.
2: Cool. Um, so here's the thing about that. That's actually something I learned back when I was like fifteen. I think. I'm gonna assume I was fifteen. I may have learned it sooner. And through my trainings, I think it took about took about 15 years for me to be able to just whip it out. (laughs) 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 Like like if, if you get what I'm saying, trying to say. Early in my training, I was kind of programmed to not mix my disciplines. And Judo being my first one, and then wrestling being my second one. And I was gullible enough to listen to my coach and not use them together. And I kept that with me until I started rolling jiu-jitsu. And then I started doing MMA, and I think all the MMA rolling is what brought it out of me. Mm. Yeah, because it was, I think a long time, I didn't start doing it until like all these, that guy victory, and all these like really good guys started coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, like when Jeremy Stevens started coming there and KG mm-hmm. Newton was going there, um, Hermes Franca. Um, then I was like, oh, shit. And then I just had to like, and I guess I just had to like dig deeper and like that's when all the stuff started coming out. Then that's when I started using my judo more because nobody really knew it. And I was mm-hmm. like, holy crap, like I got all the stuff like, like in the back of my mind that's kind of like like exotic. So and then I was like, I started busting it out. And then I also remember like Dean Lister being like, that don't work let me see if you do it to me and i did and it was kind of surprising because he's a, like big dude and that's kind of like what gave me the confidence to start doing it i was like dude this will work and that masvidal fight like i locked it up and i was a little bit um like if i don't know if you saw like i locked it up and then i put my hand on my foot to double check like dude is that really like locked up <laughs> 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 yeah, and then i went for it and um I don't know if anybody really heard, but even on the video clips and you hear video, like sometimes you can hear Shannon, Shannon Gugerty,
0: Yeah.
2: Like on the side, just being like before, like at the moment I locked it up, you hear Shannon Gugerty going, that's a rap. Mm. And oh, nobody was like, what? And then a couple seconds later, yeah, he, he just Shannon you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's great, man. Yeah, he knew.
1: <laughs> I have a couple questions on that. What One, what did Dean Lister say, like, after you did do it and it worked? Like, was, like, he was surprised. And the, the second question is, do people bring this up to you a lot? And do you sometimes want to talk about other parts of your career? Is it, like, a band that has, like, you know, one great song? Like, you know, does it, like, ever, yeah. not, a, not annoy you, but you know what I mean? Like, that everybody Thank, maybe wants to talk.
2: Yeah, yeah, I totally get like I mean, like I have that one hit wonder and that's all everybody ever wants to talk about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could totally be that guy. Like, yeah, I, I scored four touchdowns in one game. <laughs> um, right. And I could long top forever and and I guess when it was when it first happened, yeah, I get it. There was a lot of hype, but I phased out. <laughs> I'm like, Okay, yeah, cool. Um yeah, I did it. Right on. Nice weather, right? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, sometimes people it's also been the other way, like People who are into MMA jiu-jitsu, I also come up to me and be like, hey, you you know, you fought so-and-so. And like, you know, when I did, when I fought Boa for example, mm-hmm. like, people are like, I saw that. And then I was like, oh, yeah. And then they have no idea about the Masvidal submission. <laughs> and that's cool. I think I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Interesting.
0: <laughs> so,
2: yeah, I do. I get it. And, you know, it's cool. I just, I don't let anybody make a big deal out of it.
1: mm Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: All right, so, I mean, you have a pretty storied career. You had some wild moments, and I feel like your perspective on some of like your top three fights would be kind of interesting to see. So do you want to just kind of get into it, Anoop? Are You cool with that, Toby? Yeah, we can do that. Yeah, should
1: Should we just each do one, and like, we kind of go in a round like, sure. type of situation?
0: Yeah, that works.
1: All right, so, uh, Toby, would you like to go first, since you're our guest?
2: Okay, so top five, okay. All right, one of my first favorite fights is going to have to be, oh man, Robbie Lawler and Rory MacDonald.
0: Oh, mm. Okay, yeah, that was
2: that has to be, man. Like I, I don't know if it's my favorite favorite, but that's totally one of them. Man, that felt like a like a like a full fight. That felt like the, like the dis- distance mm-hmm. for one secondly i could smell the blood <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> like, like i could feel it i could feel the blood like i could feel the the wounds on my face i can feel like everything they were going through like i felt like i could feel it and i've been there and that's mm. what i was i felt like i was smelling it all
0: hmm. do you get um, like that with other fights
2: no okay not not as not the same way like other fights i may get like that's, Feeling for like a, a moment, like oh, this guy, you know, this this happened. But like that other fight was like the whole fight. Mm. Yeah, I was like, oh wow, that and oh now this. I'm like, oh man, I totally know how that feels. And oh yeah, I remember learning that lesson. So like a lot happened in that fight that I that I wasn't there, bear- and just. Man, the power and the determination and the crumble and, and yeah, the victory and the angst of just having, you know, like not being able to do anything about it. Yeah. So it's like all of that. I was like, holy crap. Like, and it was like, it wasn't like a Godzilla fight. It was like, it was so technical.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in 2017, I just looked at the article now that you mentioned it on ESPN. And according to the fans, then it was voted the best fight in UFC history.
0: Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was a war.
1: Arturo, uh, would you like to go or should I go?
0: I'll pick the first one. So Toby got me thinking because I think, Toby, your submission is the best. I think your submission is the best come from behind submission of all time. I, I don't think there's anything that tops that. But if I can think of like the first like major comeback. And so this one sticks out to my mind because like when it happened, it was just such like a, a circus event. It's an old school fight, but it's Big Nog versus Bob Sap. Mm. Uh, when Bob Sap just basically like was ragdolling Big N- Nog over and over, slamming. And then just to see Big Nog come back, weather the storm, finish with an arm bar was just uh this is monumental, you know, like how like perseverance, heart, and good technique can overcome. It was pretty awesome. I loved it.
1: I I like the circus aspect too of that and I remember Mm -hmm. that was like one of the first fights you showed me on YouTube or whatever Mm -hmm. like after and it was like oh my god this monster and then yeah this little guy won I thought that was I mean he's not little no (laughs) exactly, but compared to Bob Sapp he's a Mm -hmm. he's a giant Mm
2: -hmm. Um, yeah I thought that fight was great I I was really surprised to see Bob Sapp put so much effort (laughs) <laughs> and i was like oh, holy crap that was a great fight to watch i really think that fight kind of took something from Laguerre.
0: <laughs> oh yeah
2: do you guys think that whenever like the fighters go through hard fights
0: yes every time a
2: little bit of them is, is gone mm-hmm. i would say that fight definitely took something off Laguerre because when he was in pride nothing was stopping him i didn't think anything would stop him in the ufc
1: mm-hmm <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up because that's how I feel about Rory McDonald after that Robbie Lawler fight. Mm. Yeah. Both, like I,
2: both of them. Mm.
1: Did Did Robbie Lawler win the championship right after? But it definitely, like, it started his decline, but I feel like it started Rory's, like, a little bit quicker. And I felt bad for Rory. Sometimes those fights, I feel like you got to give them a draw. Like, you know, like, they're both so good, like, <laughs> It almost feels bad that, like, one of them has to win. Like, I don't know.
2: Yeah, I agree. And that's one of the things I felt. Like, watching Roy McDonald just crumble. And I was like, oh, man. Like, after everything they went through in that fight, that must have been. Yeah, I was just kind of like, oh, shit, man. I'm so glad that's not my face. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Shit. Like, yeah, man. I always totally thought that fight was, by that time, was going to to a draw, too. But,
1: yeah, um... I. I'm going to bring this up later on, but yeah, I believe we should have more draws, and one of the fights I'm picking should be like that because I just feel like you shouldn't have like some fights don't have a winner. I also want to add one thing, Arturo. There's one other sub that I would consider a better come behind sub. Oh, okay. And it, it was almost one of the fights I want to pick, so I'm just going to put it as an honorable mention now. It's when Anderson okay. Silva sub Chael Sonnen. Oh.
0: Okay. Yes.
1: In the fifth round, that was just crazy. Like that felt like they had something written because I've never seen somebody dominated and then just lock something in. Like that was yeah, that insane. Was nuts.
0: That was not. Yeah.
1: Okay. So so for my fight, I think I saw this with you, Arturo, in San Diego and it might have been a victory MMA.
0: <laughs> oh, wow.
1: Uh, so uh, it's uh, when BJ Penn fought Sean Shirk. Oh, okay. So I, I wanted to pick one of my favorite fighters, BJ Penn. I like the idea of like even though BJ Penn obviously is like an athlete, he just looks like a little bit like a regular dude where Sean Shirk just looks like this jacked motherfucker, you know? (laughs) And there was a little bit of everything with like BJ just consistently hitting the jab, like Shirk, everything he threw had so much power. But you saw him like slowly break him down. You saw it like slowly impact Shirk's face. And then there was like, a couple pretty knees, like a head kick, and then just the finish was pure aggressive BJ. So to me, it was like a lot of the environment watching it with you and watching it with mm. a bunch of other fighters, watching BJ just like beat this guy that's like physically superior, but also just clean boxing. Shirk tried to take the fight, tried to take the fight down in the first minute, and BJ just stuffed it. So it was like a little bit of everything, but also just also like a little bit of a scrap too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I loved that fight.
0: I do remember that fight, man. Yeah, I think a lot of people forgot about Sean Shirk, man. Yeah.
1: To me, he was like the first scary lightweight. He just the, looked
0: the like... muscle shark, man. He was yeah, he was yoked. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, was that?
2: Matt Hughes? Is he the other guy?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, both those guys, man. Stupid.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: That's brilliant. what I loved about BJ. I had to pick somebody that I was always fighting above his weight.
2: I was impressed with that, that fight was an impressive one for BJ for sure. Like the way yeah. he just, I was like, Whoa, never seen BJ fight that way. Patient, you know, the accuracy was just right on. I was like, Whoa, damn man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Exactly. Yeah. The patience too. I forgot. And I, I just rewatched it yesterday. Like to see like how it'd feel. It was just like, I got hype all over again about BJ and yeah. Do, do you think Toby, like when you, when you look at some of these fighters and you to Arturo like, because i was watching a video on bj how at his top he was the greatest and then he's also now the only person in the ufc to have seven straight losses do you think uh, that takes away from his legacy like how, like how did, does that change anything that you view of him
0: me no i i i i always feel like I don't know. I guess it's like your own mentality like are you like an optimist or not? Like I always think like glass half full. I'm always looking at like the best of it. Like how were they at their best? Mm-hmm. That that's how I personally think of it. Cuz that's how I like remember people anyway. If I if I go through if I go through the process of just remembering people for all the shitty things they've done, then you're just living in a shitty world. That's how I think of it.
1: I like that. That's yeah, so. I
2: agree with that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, cool. We'll we'll leave that at that then. Yeah. Should we move on? Toby, you want to do your, uh, your second one?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the second one is going to be, uh, Joanna versus, uh, Whaley.
0: Yes. Sang Whaley. I'm so glad you picked that because that was, <laughs> I had four fights that I picked and that was one of them. And I was like, oh, I don't know which three to pick. So I'm glad you picked that.
2: Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, that fight, that fight gave me chills. Mm-hmm. I was watching like, I've, for real, watching that fight, man, you forget how little those women were. And they were just throwing, and I was like, holy cow, and that movement, and just that forward, no stopping. I was like, holy cow. Still technical, slight finesse in the fight, but it mm-hmm. was like, whoa. Like, Man, I got to say, not in a, not in a se- sexy way, but man, I, I just think it's so hot when two good technical female fighters are going at it. It's like,
0: mm-hmm.
2: it's art, man. That's, this one, it's art.
0: Mm-hmm. I I remember watching that fight and thinking like, I can't believe the output is this high. Like the whole fight. (laughs) Just like no No. deterioration of cardio. No one looking like, they both look like tanks. I just, yeah, I couldn't believe it.
1: Was that the one when Joanna had the big, uh, like the huge bump on her forehead? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. I felt so bad for her. Man, that headache. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but imagine the... imagine being that tough to
0: have your head become like an alien. Do you know what I mean? Like, I just can't even believe. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, legit, legit alien. I felt yeah. so bad, and that was also one of those fights too, where it's like, oh, I don't want anybody to lose. Like, they were just, they yeah, they yeah. both just gave it their all, and uh, that was an incredible match. Shoot. Yeah, yeah. I you feel,
2: know, I feel like someone deserved to win. Like, someone deserved yeah
1: yeah that's that's the other way of looking at it too you're right like somebody does deserve to win Mm -hmm. i think i think my natural instinct is always to feel like a little guilty or bad for somebody and i'm like oh (sighs)
2: they put it all out there (laughs) for enjoying it
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly but at least you know she's won the championship so like you know like good for her yeah i think
0: they're both kind of legends so it's kind of cool that they had a legendary fight together you know i don't know that's pretty cool you know that doesn't always work like that sometimes you know like i feel like sometimes like you'll have like one person's career take off but like both of those women have pretty strong ass careers mm-hmm. and they're still
1: going and not to sound sexist too at first it was hard for me to appreciate the women fighting i don't know what it was but there was like a part of me that felt like it felt more brutal i don't know but then oh, uh,
2: pro- probably because they do fight harder.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like, 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 but I feel like that was one of those fights where I was like, oh, my God, this is just technical and beautiful and insane. But uh, can you add to that, Toby? Like, why do you think they fight harder? I see that in soccer, like in soccer. I always see the men like bitch about a call, like act like they need a stretcher. I've never seen a woman do that. Hmm. And I feel like if a woman if a woman did do that, people would make fun of the women for doing that but you net like, so in some ways, like soccer females are way tougher than the men. And yeah, yeah, like when you're saying like they're tougher with the fighting, can you give me your perspective?
2: Like, for example, in jujitsu matches or judo matches, taekwondo matches, they do not care where your body bends. (laughs) (laughs) Like they don't care, man. They will throw you and, or try to throw you and they will bend their knees backwards, trying to stop getting thrown. It's, 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 yeah, I'm saying, like, that's how hard they go, like, and I, and really, man, I see that everywhere, dude, in jiu and judo, like, boxing even, the strength might not be there, but they got every intention to, like, gouge your eyes out if they can, legally. Mm-hmm. I don't know if, you, like, in the guys, you don't see that, usually the guys are all like, oh, I just want to hit you hard, and the women are like, no, I will do this to you. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know how to explain it, but... I've just I see that all the time.
1: There was two girls just fighting, and you heard one of the girls say to the other girl, like, I'll follow you home, bitch. And I've never seen a guy say that to like another. But like the way she said it like scared me a little. Like, where I was like, Oh my god. when was that? What was that? This was just a few months ago. It was a UFC. And like really? the girls like and, and one of the girls was like, I will follow you home, bitch. And I think somebody spit on the other person. Like it gotta like and it's like you're already fighting, you know. It's like you got a- <laughs> like, like Do customer. you think that's like a societal thing that like they want to be judged on their fighting and not like their looks or something else? And so that's why they're aggressive, or because I feel that too. I feel like they go harder.
2: I just feel like the stakes are higher for them. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like just more at stake, more, more like they're they grow up knowing that, so they're like mm. if something happens to me, I'm in deep shit. So I have to go zero to one thousand.
1: Mm. Ooh, okay. You know, yeah.
2: Like yeah. the mama, like the mama lion. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's yeah. my baby. I will run you over with my fucking car.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So
2: it's it's almost like like small dog syndrome. I'm real small. Mm-hmm. And you might fuck me up. So I got to make it seem like I'm big and scary. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But, you yep. know, it's, it's a little different for women because women have to, you know, history has taught them to, like, that they're the weaker ones and that people will take advantage of you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Thank so. you for that perspective. I, I, You're right. I think that's what it is. I was just watching the Anthony Bourdain documentary, and he got into jujitsu because of his wife, Octavia. And when they asked Octavia why she got into jujitsu, I think it was, like, <laughs> Igor Gracie or Henzo was like, oh, yeah, she said she wants to be able to kill anybody that hurts her daughter. And so, like, that guy... And I just love that. Like I was like, okay, and when you said Mama Bear, that just made me think of that, so... Yeah. Wow. Respect. Wow. Okay, great selection. I love that. Arturo, you want to go with your second
0: one? All right, so, yeah, the next one, I'm going with um, uh, Israel Adesanya versus Kelvin Gastelum. I
1: I Mm. thought that fight
0: was... um, What's unique about that fight to me is it's a five round decision, even though like Izzy like was really close to finishing at the end of that fifth round. But what's weird to me is sometimes when you have like those decisions, those, you know, when it goes there, yeah, people thinking like, oh, this guy won this round or this guy. Like, I think everyone definitively know who won each round because it was like just so back and forth. Like Kelvin knocks down Izzy in the first round. You're like, that's a clear round for Kelvin. And then the next two rounds, Izzy wins. And then Kelvin wins the fourth round. And then Izzy really finishes that fifth round convincing. It, just, it was just so crazy. And to see Izzy at that point, he just seemed like unbeatable. But Kelvin was tagging him with that jab, spawning that right hand. Like it was really interesting of a fight. And then there was even some grappling. I remember like Izzy went for a guillotine and it looked pretty deep. But Kelvin took him down. Then Izzy transferred to a triangle. Mm -hmm. he got out of that so i'm like it just had a little bit of everything to me and then of course i think the biggest thing for me is in between the fourth and the fifth round when izzy's miming those words to kelvin he's like i'm willing to die for this was just like it gave me chills man yeah it's nuts that's definitely like one of my favorite fights of all time i'm going with that one yeah that's a really one
2: that was a really good fight and i think aslam did a phenomenal job, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I I really think Castle doesn't get the credit he should get. Yes, because everybody else, like nobody's learned from how Kelvin fought. <laughs> I, 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 you know, like everyone's trying to fight him like their way, and it's like, mm-hmm. dude, like it, it hasn't worked, man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yep. And how did how did you see Kelvin's approach? Was it like kind of like the bull? Like I felt like he had like that Mexican bull mentality where. Uh, he just didn't stop attacking.
0: He did. He, he definitely let Izzy pushed breathe. forward a lot in that fight. Yeah. yeah. And
2: he's his punches are explosive, and he throws them a lot different than everybody else.
0: I yeah, he had, a, he had a lot of success with... It's crazy, because Izzy had, like, a significant reach advantage, but Kelvin was really good at keeping that lead low hand, that, that upward jab. He nailed Izzy so much with that upward jab, which basically just set up everything else he would do. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, I don't know, really know exactly how he what what was so different about the way he did it and mm-hmm. when Whitaker did it, because Whitaker does the same thing. Right, Whitaker. that's what
0: I was thinking, yeah.
2: I don't know. I think somewhere somebody lost focus and went where they weren't supposed to.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And that seems to me, you know, and it's kind of like the whole Conor McGregor thing. Everybody knows he's got that left hand, but why mm-hmm. does everybody keep trying to hit him with that right? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Was the, was the Whitaker fight after Gastelum? Because that was Izzy's yeah. first yeah. championship fight, right? So maybe Izzy learned a little bit from that Gastelum fight. Maybe that prepared him for Whitaker.
0: Yeah, maybe. It's funny because that's like what, what Whitaker is known for too, that lead low hand, like coming in with the distance on that jab. And you're like, all right, Whitaker's got more reach than Gastelum. And like, seems like Whitaker is more known for that. So you're like, all right, Whitaker's just having good success here. Is he just stopped him? Maybe Gastelum
1: had a head kick too. I think mm, that's
0: right. He did, yeah.
2: Whitaker, I would say, is he's really good, man. But honestly, he's a little predictable. Mm. Mm-hmm. So that might have been his part of his demise.
0: You think the their next fight goes the same way? I think hmm, quite possibly. I
2: I've, I've, I've watched Adesanya, but I I out of Sonya, but I I haven't seen Whitaker. I don't know what he what he's gonna if he's gonna change.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Change. Has he fought since? Uh, he fought. Yeah, he did. He, he, he fought. Yeah.
1: he fought Darren Hill and Cananier. Uh, okay. And maybe somebody else too. So he's been working on the. Craft. Oh yeah, he
0: also he also fought Gastelum.
1: Oh yeah, so he beat all three. Those are three big wins since Izzy. Yeah. And he They're lost all to Izzy in October 2019. But I think he, like, dominated all three, though. He like, did. Maybe not dominated if, if you knock him out, but he controlled all
0: three. He did.
1: Uh, I just looked up a quote because when they asked like, Israel, like, why couldn't you knock out Kevin Gaslam? And he goes, Kevin Gaslam has a big old Mexican head. Like, I don't think anybody can knock him out. And I just, I love that. about Ga- Gaslam just looks like one of those guys, like, would just fight anyone at any weight class and make it a good fight. He's
0: tough. Do you think that Izzy fight took a little bit out of Gastelum? Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
2: that's so, what I think. Yeah. hard. F- I, man, I think that was one of Gastelum's I think that was Gastelum's hardest fight. Mm-hmm. I think.
1: In like Toby, when you say it took something out of him, is it like a physical thing it takes out of them? Is it like a mental thing of training so hard and barely losing? Like what is that that gets taken out?
2: uh i couldn't tell you it could be part mental but but there's def- there's definitely a change there's a change where it's like i don't know it might be like you're afraid to get hit or mm-hmm. you're afraid to or, or you're afraid to commit or it could be that you don't care about getting hit anymore mm-hmm. so i think a lot of times when, when people are like don't i don't care about getting hit anymore getting hit doesn't scare me i think that's like when you start seeing people lose their chin and i think People that are like afraid to get hit are the ones afraid to con- commit, are the ones that start losing decisions.
1: Mm. So, Gastelum has lost three of his last four. He lost to Till, he lost to Jack Hermanson, he beat Ian Heinzich. Oh, Heinisch, he lo- Yeah. Heinisch, yeah. And he lost to Robert Whitaker. So, right. I mean, he's fighting also great people too. Maybe that's also part of it. Like once you have a great fight, they put you just against other great people always. And so you don't get that respite, you know? Yeah. I feel like in football and basketball, all the other sports, like sometimes you get to play teams that are maybe not the best once in a while, you know? Mm -hmm. But I I feel like in this fight game, like, oh, you had that great fight. All the fans want to see you. Here's another killer.
0: It is crazy how fighting is like that. It's like every fight is freaking playoffs. It's crazy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so it's... yeah. I get
2: that. Yeah, yeah I, was
1: just, I was just reading about a Muay Thai fighter and he like was talking about Conor McGregor and he's like, all you MMA people, he's like, sometimes your careers are made in one or like two losses. He's like, we fight five times a month. And I was like, oh, I respect that like so much, you know? Like, and yeah, you're gonna lose to great people. You know, you fight somebody 10 times like, but uh, yeah, I digress. Uh okay, I'll do my second fight. yeah, my second fight is the first fight between John Jones and Alexander Gustafson. Mm. Mm. Okay. and so I rewatched the fight last night again, and I was like thinking, because I'm not the biggest John Jones fan, and I, I I like seeing the people that are kings lose, you know like I want mm. somebody else to get an opportunity, and so I was like, all right, I feel like Gustafson maybe we'll have a chance cuz he's tall and lanky and like John always had the reach and body advantage and i thought rewatching the fight i was going to be like oh maybe on the rewatch john jones did a lot better than i thought and i was just looking at it biasly cuz i wanted gustavson to win but uh yeah rewatching the fight i still felt like shit That's this a- was like a draw like this oh, each okay. round was amazing and each round like it was like all right either the first round I felt like was perfectly balanced. The second round was perfectly balanced. The third round, the beginning was Gustafson. The end was Jones, you know, and it was just like the same thing with the fourth and then the fifth. Like it was just such a beautiful back and forth fight. I feel like Jones had the harder punches, but Jones's face and body was also more messed up, where I feel like Gustafson had more of the uh, damage also Jones didn't get one single takedown I believe Oh no one he got one out of like 14 shots which at that point I feel like you got to give the credit for wrestling to Gustafson because he got a takedown and was able to stuff way more right so I just thought it was like and plus it was so debated I wish Gustafson won kind of like I feel like it would have been better but I don't know I just love that fight I think it was like a true war. Both of them were so tired. You got to see that championship medal that mm-hmm. Jones had. Because I think in the fourth round, it looked like Gustafson was turning the tide. And then all of a sudden, Jones has like three head kicks and some like elbows that were like vicious. And Gustafson still stood. Like, I don't know how he stood. And he yeah. was still stopping the takedowns when That's he was exactly like... what I remember too. Yeah, It looked like he was dying. Like, how are you almost dying? And then you're yep. still stopping the takedowns like... And yeah, that fight had a little bit of everything—like wrestling, end striking, like leg kicks, like head kicks, great boxing. It was just a beautiful battle, and they were both so young in their primes. Like, yeah, I love that fight.
0: Yeah, I think that really spoke to how good John Jones is, though. Like, I wanted Gustafson to win that too. It's almost like John Jones knew he needed to do something right then and there, and then almost knew exactly what to do in that moment too. Just. I guess that's what champions do. Like, I, I, yeah, that was just that was pretty nuts.
2: I was real impressed with uh, Gustafsson. Mm-hmm. I would have liked to have seen him win. Yeah, he's a good, too. he's a good guy. But yeah, I was real surprised. And even to the fights leading up to that fight, I was, I was like, "Whoa, this guy's moving really well." And just like you um, said on Nepal, like he was still getting hit and he's still standing. I was, I was really impressed. I do believe, yeah, John Jones deserved to win. But uh, man, I would have liked to see Gustafsson like. Keep getting better and keep coming back.
1: Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Me too. I thought he looked pretty decent at heavyweight till he got caught. Did he like mm. lose to like maybe like he has like the speed advantage now? Maybe that was also one of those fights that takes out of takes something out of people. Mm-hmm. Or when you said that you'd like to have seen him when if you were voting though if you were a judge would you have given it to Gustafson or would you have given it to Jones?
2: From his, based off his performance, I would have given it to Jones. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, I would have liked to have seen Gustafson, you know, get a little bit more.
1: In in my grading criteria, I give that fight a draw. And so Jones holds the belt. Mm-hmm. But I I, I, like, I feel like that's like one of those things too, where I'm like, it was just, I, I would like to see more 10, 10 rounds or 10, nine and a half rounds, like something like that, where I feel like a lot of those rounds are like, all right, maybe Jones wins, but it's not 10, nine. It's like 10 9 and a half. Well, like, we, you know, have like... see,
0: we saw that with um, Brandon Moreno and the first Figurato fight. It was a draw. Yeah. Uh huh. I'm, I'm okay it was, with it was that. A title, it was a title draw. And so, fig, uh, yeah, Figurato kept the belt, which was pretty awesome. That's why people are talking about a trilogy. And I'm like, ah, it's a win and a draw. It's not one and one. You know? It's yeah, interesting. People are going to care about that trilogy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> people love that trilogy.
1: And I think it's fun to have a bad guy, too. Not that, like, Jones is necessarily, like, a bad, bad guy. I don't know him personally or anything. But, you know, like, I'm a, I was a New York Mets fan, so I hated the Yankees. So, like, people that are, like, always winning, I'm always like, let other people get a chance to win. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been, nice like, been nice to see Gus Wilson do that, a true underdog. But, um, yeah. It makes me also feel like when the GOAT talk happens, like, Jones has never lost – but Jones has had close fights where Khabib has never had a close fight. So, like, I'm curious. Like, I don't know. It's interesting. It adds a dynamic, I think, to it.
2: Yeah, for sure. So that like curiosity.
1: Um, all right. Well, should we should we move on to the third one? Do you want Let's to give it. us, like your last out of the three.
2: Yep. Yeah. This is kind of hard to to decide because um, I like there's two reasons why, but it's like again, it was hard to des- to choose. My decision has to be Sakuraba versus Hensel Gracie.
1: Ooh, Ooh yeah! Awesome.
2: I love Sakuraba, man. You gotta,
1: yeah. <laughs> you
2: gotta love a guy who's out there, like, continuously doing pro wrestling moves, <laughs> and and whooping people's ass in the process. Mm-hmm. Like, I've I've always been surprised. This dude is whooping people's ass, man. And I remember the first time Sakuraba fought in the UFC. And they didn't like him, and and I was like, "Geez, like they're just dicks to him." Because you know, like in Japan, they're like going to speak on the mic, and then soccer went for the mic, and then Bruce Buffer straight, or whoever had the mic, straight ran from him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, Henzo Gracie, dude, and that fight made me have a lot more respect and appreciation for never, mm-hmm. never Not that I ever had anything against him. Like I met him, and he's always a swell guy. Is always smiling, which is more than I can say for the rest of the Gracies. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, man, he went in there, you know, you know, trying to you know carry the Gracie legacy with, with all the other guys who lost. And I was like, he was the only one that was like gentleman, cordial, honorable. He's an athlete, he's a professional. But Saguraba, man, I was like, Man, how does like Saguraba like might have sold his soul or something, dude? The way he <laughs> the way he was just like like, just getting Kimura's on people and head kicking. And I was like, geez, man. <laughs> and it's not like not like they were fighting, like, he's fighting guys at like a B level show. Mm-hmm. Like, like these are the guys that are supposedly like run the, you know, the whole Gracie Jiu Jitsu on the world. Like, it's the one everybody who's, you know, everyone's sucking up to. It's like the only the only person left for him to beat was Hickson.
0: <sighs> yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: yeah. So, um, yeah, that is my number three favorite fight.
0: That, that, that's a great fight. I, I'm a huge Sakuraba fan. Um, actually, my first uh, entry into grappling was through catch wrestling. And so Sakuraba is like the bee's knees of catch wrestling. And uh, I just remember like when he was doing cartwheel passes, jumping over people's guards, like everything was just so wild and unseen. And then all of a sudden became like a standard like he like just his creativity was so insane. And like just such a natural. Yeah, and it's such an entertainer, too. Like, he knew, it's like he was fighting, but almost knew he was performing, like, on a stage, almost. You know, like, he was, like, putting on a show and not just fighting, which is, it's like, a pro wrestling. wrestler in him, too, which yeah. is, like, so crazy that you can even do that in a fight. Yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah. Stick up. Mm-hmm. Head clap. <laughs> double, <laughs> double, double hammer fist. I was like, yeah,
0: Whoa. There's so many things he did that were just so wild. And effective
1: (laughs) i love uh that you picked like a mid-generation a a new school and like an old school fight Mm. and uh i was just writing about that henzo gracie fight and uh sakuraba broke henzo's arm right with a kimura Mm -hmm. and uh henzo got up and then just started thanking (laughs) sakuraba and it just made me think like this is i read this right after connor broke his leg and was just talking shit to like Dustin Poirier. And it was just like, fuck it. That's why like Hensel's the man. Like his arm is broken and he's giving a speech about how great like Sakuraba is, even though his family kind of hated Sakuraba. Like to me that just shows like so much bravery and respect and like confidence. Cause you still know you're the man. Like, you know, like a broken arm isn't mm-hmm. going to take anything away from you. Like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that was like beautiful martial arts. Like that's like movie stuff. I feel that
0: yeah. When We we did, we did a post on Sakuraba and Henzo liked it. You know what I mean? Like, like he's still just an <laughs> awesome man. Like, man.
1: <laughs> yeah. And actually, I think every person that we've had on this show, like Sambo Steve and I think uh, Elias, like all the fighters love Sakuraba. Mm-hmm. I think regular people, he's getting lost because he's in the past. But like everyone that's a fighter is like, oh, yeah, he was so much fun. And mm-hmm. I read an article about him that he just like, still smokes mad cigarettes and trains. And there's something about that that I just like respect. He's just like drinking, smoking, fighting. Like it's, he's still performing. I know. Yeah. He's still
0: doing quintet. He's still grappling. Like he's yeah. still doing. Yeah. He's active.
2: Still pro wrestling.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, I love that one. Thank you. Mm, yeah,
1: man. Arturo, would you, what's your final one?
0: All right. So, uh, you know, I debated, I'm glad that Toby picked Sakuraba and the Zhang fight. So Joanna. Um, there's another one. This is just like a wild spectacle I remember because I remember... Right, I'll just say that. The fight is Nick Diaz versus Takanori Gomi. Ooh. I okay, always cool. wondered how Gomi was going to fare because he was just crushing it.
2: That was when Pride. probably went to Vegas.
0: Oh, okay, okay. But they did it in a ring. That That's what stands out to me. That was like my major... Like mm. I, I liked the MMA in a ring. I don't know why. I just felt like you can corner people. I don't know. There's something about a ring that I liked. But... What's crazy is like you can tell Nick Diaz is high off of his face (laughs) and they were throwing bombs at each other. But like Diaz would just, you know, like the classic Diaz, just like pepper him with all of these little volume punches. And then to finish it in a go-go plata, like it was just such a weird, wild spectacle that I just never forget it.
1: I believe Gomi was ranked one at the time. No, like wasn't he like the top ranked lightweight in the world or something? He was
0: for a long time, yes.
1: And Diaz technically didn't get the victory because he was high, right?
0: Yeah, they they ruled it a no contest, but he—I mean, it's obvious he clearly tapped him out. He won, but he beat him on the feet quite uh, a bit too. Yeah, Uh, Nick won. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no, Nick won. Nick won.
2: Yeah, he had that reach and then Gomi was just yeah, Gomi was just kind of not not there.
0: It seemed like the more Nick was just peppering him with like those little just long punches, just jabs and straights. Gomi was just getting annoyed like almost like a mosquito in his face and just kept loading up bombs but would keep missing. So Diaz would just keep going with that peppering. It was just such a wild every now and then he'd hit Diaz but Diaz can't really get knocked out, it seems. So, keep like, weird... them on the outside. Yeah, such a crazy yeah. fight.
1: Is it worse to lose to a go-go Plata than like a Guillotine or a Rear Naked? Like, <laughs> is it, like is is it more embarrassing like a little bit or no?
0: I don't think so. I mean, I, I don't have a hierarchy of submissions. To me, a tap's a tap, but like there is definitely a hierarchy to most people. Pod.
2: I don't know know what's worse, losing a go-go platter or losing to a wrist lock.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, those are definitely of the ones, yeah. I lost to a wrist
1: lock. I didn't care. But somebody told me, like, oh, that's bullshit. And I was like, no, I lost. But I also just went to a grappling tournament last week, and somebody tried to throw up a a go-go plata, and someone screamed, that's disrespectful. Like, kind of funny, but also, like, you know, like, cheering. Like, not not in a mean way, but, like, you know, when somebody throws a pitch and they go like, oh, that's disgusting. You know, like, it was like, dirty. Was like a, yeah, yeah. yeah, dirty. Like, yeah. 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 Like, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and I think I've heard Nick Diaz say like, yo, I'm tapping people with go-go potas. You know, He's using that <laughs> as like his sales pitch, like nobody else is doing it. So I'm just curious what Gomi would feel like. I, like, Do you think he was like, fuck, I lost to a go-go or just I lost to Nick Diaz?
0: I think it was definitely frustrating. I remember Gomi's expression of the face coming up from that go-go. And not even being like, yeah, like you get your air, whatever. But just being like, fuck. <laughs> just, yeah, it seemed like demoralizing for sure.
1: Nick Diaz might be the most entertaining one round fighter. Because that also that one round with Paul, Paul Daly, like was like, those yeah. felt yeah. like full fights. Those felt like five round fights. It was like, it's only one round? Like how? Like, but it was like, <laughs> um, okay, I'll do my, I guess I'll do my last one. Yeah. I had trouble picking this one. But they were all Khabib fights. So I was like, I didn't know which Khabib fight to pick. But I ended up going with his last fight against Justin Gagey. Wow. Okay. Just because there's so much story, like his father just passed. Like Khabib was already indestructible since then. And it was like, what's going on with him? Like, where is he training? Is was like COVID? Like, I don't know. There was just like all this going on. And then plus, If anybody had a potential kryptonite to Khabib, it was an amazing wrestler with incredible power in their hands. And then just to watch Khabib continually push forward, but also take huge shots. Like there was like three or four shots that he took where I was like, oh my God. And Khabib just recently in the recent Mike Tyson interview where he did like on their podcast, when he's like, oh, how does Gagey hit? And he goes, Gagey hits like a truck. He uh-huh. said Gagey was the hardest hitter he fought. And so, like, that that added to me picking this. Mm. But uh, one of the punches that Gagey did, I think it was, like, a right uppercut left hook. And I feel like if he hit that a minute into the fight, he would have knocked out Khabib maybe. But he hit that, like, three and a half minutes into the fight where he was already getting tired a little bit by Khabib walking him down, like, Terminator style. Mm. And it was just, like... Beautiful striking, kicking, Khabib threw some knees. I felt like it was, like, the m- most varied I saw Khabib. And then that just beautiful takedown, like, after this, like, another amazing leg kick from Gagey. I think before the fight, Gagey said, if I get, like, 15 leg kicks, I'll take out Khabib. And I think he got, like, nine good ones. And you could hear Trevor Whitman being, like, one more. Like, that's eight. That's nine. We did our count oh, wow. them down. But then that transition to how Khabib just took his back and then went from armbar to triangle. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And then we also found out that Gagey said, I'm not going to tap. And then Khabib knew that Gagey's parents were in the audience. And so he's like, I didn't want to break his arm in front of his mom and dad. (laughs) So he just put him to sleep. It was just like, It was just violence, but also respect and beauty and martial. Like, it was just like, all right, Khabib is levels ahead. And then when he retired, to hear everybody say nice things about Khabib. And, and Toby, my background is like, I'm, I'm a professor. I teach geography, like international relations. And, you know, in this world, I feel like if you told people like, oh, here's this like Muslim dude from Russia that's old school, I think a lot of people will be like, I'm not going to like him. But, like, the whole fight world just loves and respects Khabib. Like, I just think there's something beautiful about, like, bringing those worlds together. And so, yeah, like, to me, like, it's like, this is partially me picking Khabib, partially me also loving Gagey, how good the fight was. Mm. And then the background of, like, why he went for the triangle, how hard Gagey it. Like, I love that fight. So that I, I, I'm going to put that there as my thing.
2: That makes a lot of sense to me now. I didn't know Gaethje said he wasn't going to tap, But I did hear Khabib saying I wasn't going to break his arm in front of his parents. I did hear that part. But then it all makes sense now because during the fight, I'm like, oh, he's got the arm bar. I'm like, why did he let the arm go? I was like, uh... But then then I agree with you too. It's like, all right, this dude just straight up did some godfather shit. (laughs) You know? In the fight. Yeah, straight up. And... Yeah, and I think Gaigi is probably the only guy I've ever seen that I was positive of that that hurt Khabib. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody ever hurt Khabib like like Gaethje. So mm-hmm. yeah, I said that that was a pretty cool fight.
1: Oh, Geji, yeah. Th- there's an inside story that came because Gaigi trains with Drew Dober and drew dober lost to islam makachev and so for the people listening like makachev trains with kabib basically his protege dober got tapped out by makachev and he said as soon as he got to the gym gagey went up to him and was like see like you know, these guys are crazy like and i, I just love that respect that they both had for these guys like it wasn't like losing a big sore it was like fuck like yeah and then they just went back to the gym to get better you know and I have no doubt that Gagey in three years will think like that he could be Khabib could be maybe. And so, yeah, I, I think there's like a beauty behind all this. Like that respect, I think is something beautiful.
2: It was definitely a learning experience from, from every loss. Um, every fighter that comes back from a loss should come back like a lot better, I think. Mm-hmm. So maybe that, that should be a thing after that loss. Gaiji
0: should be doing pretty good. So yeah. I, I can't wait. Makes... I
1: can't wait to see him again. Are there any yeah. losses
0: that you feel you had that kind of like reshaped you, refocused you, like where you came back big that stand out in your mind?
2: Yeah. They're mostly in stand up.
0: Okay. There
2: was one fight and I talked about it. I actually gave the guy credit. And also, since everyone was talking about trilogies, I, I hit him up for a trilogy in MMA and he said he was down. Uh Andy Sauer. Oh, okay. So I actually fought him twice. The first time I fought him, he didn't know nothing about me. and Ended up being like a judo clinic. Second time he fought me, he pretty much blew my butt. After that fight, like, I think the only time I ever felt that way with anybody, MMA fights, anything. The only time I ever felt the way I felt with Andy Sauer, our second fight, was when I, I felt trying to clinch with Bokau. Mm. Um, and that was like, holy fuck, I cannot move this guy. I cannot do anything and every time i had any thought in my head i got hit with two knees Oof. and that was andy Sour like on the feet like his punches were just coming and i'm like dude, these angles and everything yeah i uh that was probably the only second third time i ever got dropped in a fight mm. it was andy Sour um and i think because i studied him it made me so much better of a striker um and it, it did like like dick dudes fighting him and studying him and yeah it, it changed me as a striker
0: so now i'm teaching people right nice. yeah does does he know that
2: yeah uh he okay. actually agreed he so we're one and one in shoot boxing and then uh Trilogy thing came up, and I'm like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna jump on the spam wagon." And I hit him up on Instagram, mm-hmm. and then he says, "Yeah, if, see if one championship will do it." And he said he was down, and I was like, "All right, dude."
1: <laughs> is is this a recent thing you're talking about?
2: I just hit him up about it like a month or two ago.
1: Oh, that's oh, awesome.
0: Thick. Yeah.
2: So, yeah, that... I mean, I, I just saw um, Nikki Hulskin fight John Wayne Parr, and I'm like, "Holy shit!" And yes. then Andy, and then I was like, "Okay." Like, yo, Andy, you want to do an MMA fight? <laughs> Number yeah. three, says we're one and one And then he's like, I'm old, but let's go. I'm like, I'm a I'm the really jerk, so let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: that's one thing I wanted to ask you, Toby, because it said your last fight was in 2013, so I think you were like 33.
2: Yeah, something like that.
1: But you had a lot of miles. like You fought for 15 years. So I was like curious, like, And I mean, now you've kind of answered it. You're willing to fight again. Why did you choose to kind of leave the sport a little bit? Was it the miles? Was it you were just tired? And are you yet going to like pursue fighting now a little bit more? Because now there's so many people coming back, you know?
2: Yeah. Am I going to pursue fighting? Not as a career. Mm. Will I come back and do the fight? I will do it for the right fight. Yeah. Okay. And Andy Sauer is the right fight. Mm. Why did I leave the sport? I Given that my last fight, was a draw Mm -hmm. basically that told me i didn't try hard enough (laughs) and it's not that i tried and being real with myself i felt like that's all i was able to give Mm -hmm. and that was because of where i was i wasn't in san diego anymore i wasn't having the same training i didn't have the same trainers i was working i was actually training people and the people i had to train me were wasn't enough so if i were for me to have done any kind of fighting I would have had to, you know, do what everybody else does, like, you know, leave home for a couple months while I do my fight camp up until the fight. So that was probably just like a like a choice for the better. Okay. Yeah, and then as far as the miles go, was I getting tired? Yeah, I was getting tired. Um, huh. And I think there's probably at that moment, there's a lot of things in my life that that were coming up that I haven't addressed that I needed to address. So I wasn't able to get fighting what I knew I, sh- I was supposed to so I kind of just backed out of it, like, you know, just, yo, right now is not it. Uh, I'm going to go over here for a while and focus on different things.
1: So you, it seems like you're very, like, humble and analytical. Is that what you felt like you were also in the cage or the ring, like, wherever? Like, Or were you, like, kind of, like, a little different person, do you feel like, when you were actually fighting?
2: When I was fighting, it was all reactions. <laughs> you don't get to analyze a whole lot while you're fighting. hmm During fighting, I was definitely a lot more reactive. Um, Analytical, I think, is just something I've always kind of been. My dad's kind of that way, so, you know, kind of carried over with me. From what I remember, I was always super focused, try to be lighthearted, and, you know, just try to get myself psyched up.
1: (laughs) Okay, fair. It it seems
0: like, um, uh, maybe I'm wrong, but it seems like you're training or with other fighters now, too?
2: Um, So I'm training people. Uh, at the gym I'm at now. I don't know. You know there's a there's a Game Bread training center in San Diego?
0: Oh, I didn't even know that.
2: Oh. Well, that's where the original one is. Oh, okay. Um, so what I'm running is a sister gym to theirs. Gotcha. So I'm doing um, teaching jiu-jitsu, you know, mostly for the people who do jiu-jitsu in tournaments and for some of the people that want to fight. Started training an uh, amateur fighter, and I was training a girl who had some of my experience to you know, try to polish her off and do some bare knuckle boxing. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: I don't know. In in a way, I'm kind of like a one man
0: circus.
2: (laughs) You know, it's not like strength trainer over here, grappling trainer over here, striking trainer over here. And I was just like, you're with me.
0: Yeah. Do you like that though? I feel like that's a good thing.
2: I think it's good. I think it makes me valuable. Yeah. Um, And I know, yeah, I know people are saying things like, well, this person is not any kind of striker. Well, this person isn't this. He's a, you know, he's just MMA. And I'm like, Wow, dude, it really kind of shows me how, how small-minded a lot of people
0: are. Yeah, I would think, like, MMA is, like, the most freestyle of it. Like, you have to really, like, understand there's so many more variables at play. So, like, what you might yeah. do in Jujitsu jitsu is not going to work in MMA. And, and all, yeah, and the way that intertwines, I just feel like that's that's why I like MMA is, like, because you have like all of these variables, it just makes it so much more wilder. Like I feel like there's so much more analysis of it. I think a lot of times some martial arts get so lost in their own meta and like mm-hmm. like eliteness to it. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like I think we have to go back to like those Bruce Lee days a like, Jeet Kune Do. Like you got to take a little bit from everything.
2: Yeah, now spe- now especially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Cause it, because of MMA, everybody's learning how to use it in a fight, mm-hmm. Yeah. Not everybody's going to stress, going to try and box with you, right? So, but I get that, but uh, I don't know. I, I'll i say this I've encountered a lot of people who are training and giving rank and all that other stuff. You know, the whole McDojo thing is so real, man. Mm-hmm. So, so real. People are giving out black belts, promoting, and it's like, wow, dude, like what small little lie of a life. Are you living
1: (laughs) (laughs) in in what jujitsu or all the stuff like Muay Thai?
2: Everything, everything, everything. everything, Jujitsu, MMA guys. It's like, man, believe it or not, like I already have people over here, and it's getting to me, and it's hilarious. And I'm not getting mad, but it's like people at these other gyms are telling their students, "Don't be going to training over there."
1: (laughs) Really? Why? For business purpose, like they're saying, like you might be teaching them something uh, I, not good or what? I mean,
2: I, insecurity. Yeah, there's threatened. Mm-hmm. Cause I already had um, two guys, three people that went rep like this one gym and they came here and right away they were like, fuck that place. <laughs> um, but it's also very clannish out here, if that makes any sense. Like, I don't mean KKK clan, but it's more like good old boy clan. Like, hey, we're all from here. We all know each other, and we all stick together.
1: Mm. Mm. You think it's like a Tennessee thing, or maybe like a wrestling thing? Like they're wrestlers yeah. out there, so they're no, like-
2: no. It's not a wrestling thing. It's a small, closed minded mindset. Okay. A yeah. Small mindset, it, and it's like, and you know, like it's kind of like living in the matrix out here. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the guy's taking a bite of that of that steak, and he says, "Ignorance is bliss."
1: it's like i'm thankful (laughs) i'm thankful i've only had good teachers and none of my teachers every teacher if i was like oh i'm gonna go take a class here they're like good like you know like they're like learn like you know like how, how are you gonna be a teacher and ever try to inhibit the learning of a student you know like i just never how can you call yourself a teacher then you know
2: basically you're trying to catch the person when they're so young they won't know any better Hmm.
1: Do, do you feel like almost the same type of pride as a coach? Like if you're a student does well, as if like you want to fight, is it almost the same feeling? Is it the same feeling? Like-
2: mm, you no, know, it's different. Like I do want to wish, like, yeah, I'll be in there. And you know, but it's, I think I've kind of accepted that I'm not really going to be that guy anymore.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So I do enjoy having my students go out there and be like, all right, whoop is butt. you know, that,
1: is no. it like, does it feel like you almost want to, like, you know what I mean? Not in like a taking credit way, but like, oh, your, your knowledge is being passed on. Like, is this something you're going to like to do maybe for the rest of like your, like, do you want to become like a great coach? You know what I mean?
2: I don't want to be, I don't, my goal isn't to be like an Olympic coach. I don't want to be a coach like that. But I mm-hmm. do know I want to share martial arts because of how life changing it was for me. Like, I couldn't tell you where I would be if it wasn't for Larkin. you know? When I first started, like, my my attitude changed immensely. So, I, when I see people that are having a hard time or, like, I've had people already come in, like, hey, you know, my, my kids get bullied. I want them to at least know something. They protect themselves. I'm like, dude, I feel that. So, I want to help them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if I'm taking up too much on, on upon myself, but I'm like, all right, you, you know, uh, for example, female, 11 years old should be with the kids. The parents spoke with me, she needs to learn defense. And I'm like, okay, the kids doesn't look for what you need. So I put the 11-year-old 11, 11 in the adult class, you know? Mm-hmm. And of course, I'm watching them, and I'm, you know, I'm tending to them a lot of the time. But, like, it's just, you know, you things that you in your life, then you want to, like, you have to return. You have to give back. Mm-hmm. So, it's one of those things and yeah i just hearing myself say that it's like man i'm sounding like a martial artist you are toby
0: <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if anyone beat you to that claim for sure you are but,
2: but yeah i do enjoy doing this i like doing it and i have fun doing it you know it's not it is what it is but it, it's you know i find fulfillment in in teaching nice
1: that's, that's wonderful do. yeah and I'm sure your students are thrilled to have somebody like you teaching them. And I just remember when like, Arturo was telling me he was training in San Diego and he was like, oh, well, yeah, like I trained with Toby Amada and Jeremy Steven. And I was like, what if you get to hang out in the same room as these people? Like I thought that was like even to cooler than some
0: people. Yeah.
1: yeah. And then that's even better. I was like, what if you get to actually roll with them? I thought like they let you watch, you know, and I was like, to me, that's what made the sport so awesome. How uh, close it was, how tight knit mm-hmm. it was. Accessible. Awesome.
0: All right, Toby. Um, do you want to plug what you're doing now, your gym now, uh, where people can find you, all that stuff?
2: Yeah. Right now I'm in Clarksville, Tennessee. I know it's way out of nowhere, but game bread, Clarksville. That's where I'm at. I'm doing MMA. I'm doing Judo, doing Jiu-Jitsu, doing Nogi, doing uh, Muay Thai. Man, I got close to, close to 30 years under my belt with training. Yeah. So I don't know if anyone wants to get some. But I'm there.
0: Nice.
1: <laughs> yeah. right on thank you so much for coming on it, it means a lot and uh yeah it was just great shooting the shit with you
0: and yeah it's great catching up with you man yeah, yeah it's been sure. a while since i've seen it. Especially sure. you, especially you crew. i know man it's been a bit Yep, yep. Yeah. Well, i don't get it often but every time i do get an inverted triangle i think about you <laughs> perfect
1: yeah i just want to thank you toby for joining us it really means a lot and I was telling Toby before, like, thank you for always, like, supporting our Instagram. Like, at first when we were posting stuff, like, I was like, I don't know if anybody's going to read this. Should I just be putting out quick shit instead of, like, one thing every two, three days? Like, should I be doing three things, like, hustling? And then Toby and I was always liking our stuff. And I was like, all right, if Toby likes this, then we're on the right track, you know? And then so the fact that you're also on the podcast now uh, gives me validation. And I appreciate it, like. We just really respect who you are. I'm sure Arturo even more because he got to roll with you. But me looking from afar and seeing your career and reading about you and uh, just getting to even have a conversation with you now, it's just like amazing. So thank you so much, Toby. Yeah,
2: thank yeah. you, man. This, this was good, actually. I liked good good uh, discussion topic. Cool, like was, cool man.
0: Awesome. Yeah, we value input. We value you. Thanks for being on, Toby.
2: Yeah, man. Appreciate you guys.
0: Right yeah, we'll catch All up right. soon again
2: yeah love love to love to do that with you guys you guys take Sorry. care thanks a and take right. care brother yeah later